1: Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Repay. he's Chris Stanzial. Chris, it's finally here.
0: It's the most wonderful time of the year.
1: Felt like a long time, felt like a while. Before you know it, it kind of snuck up on us too. I am so glad
0: today has finally arrived. It snuck up on us so much, I completely forgot that I even, I never deleted the tournament challenge app on my phone. The other day, I was receiving an update on it and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize it was still programmed in. I didn't realize I never deleted it. And same thing with the NCAA March Madness app as well. Glad I kept those around and I will be using them throughout the tournament.
1: Yeah, I'll be using them, especially at the office because I just love how the NCAA just has all the games online for free streaming without any problem.
0: It is one of their best inventions ever. And now I have unlimited data on my phone, so this is perfect. I can just go right on my phone and watch everything today. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. One one thing I miss about being in college was getting out of that last class, going straight to the TV, <laughs> plopping myself in front, or... You know, one year I spent it at the Connolly Center in the Cyber Lounge playing pool. We had the two TVs going with games. A computer had another game. Then my tablet had another game. And then someone's phone had another game. And we just got to watch all five at the same time.
0: So you were forming your own little land cave in the Cyber Lounge.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, except it wasn't my own and it was in public space.
0: Right. No, true, true. Yeah, I remember last year, I mean, I didn't have class on Fridays, so it was good it was good. I mean, we played on a Friday. We played early Friday, so we got that win out of the way, thankfully, and then I was just able to watch the rest of the day. It was perfect.
1: Yeah, I remember last year I had Fridays off and then Thursday I was done with class before twelve. So I got to see the first game Mm -hmm. tip off.
0: Oh perfect. Yeah, I I was not so fortunate. I don't I didn't end until five forty five on that first on Thursdays.
1: Unfortunately this year I'll be at the office watching these games, but hey, you know, with the app, it'll be awesome. Agreed. And it's not like they're paying us to promote this app. It's that I just love the fact that all these games are free. You know, I really wish all (laughs) leagues did this, to be honest. All leagues should do this. They should cater to their fans. But, you know, for all the things that the NCAA does wrong, I guess it's nice to see that they got this right.
0: Yeah, one one out of ten things. Props to them.
1: So these first four games, man, they've been they've been pretty good. They've been pretty great overall. Villanova will be taking on a first four opponent. They'll yeah. be taking on Mount St. Mary's tonight at 7.10 p.m. The one thing I love about the NCAA are those random start times, like 7.10, 6.39, 10.20. Yeah. Right. They're just never on the hour.
0: Right. I think it just adds to the allure of the tournament, to be honest with you. It's like, oh, oh, just random-ass
1: times. It's,
0: oh, I mean, it's tournament time, baby. That's when you know.
1: So Mount St. Mary's, we've seen them before, actually, in our time at college. Yes, we have. We played them in 2013, 2014. It was actually the first year that we started to get good, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, you know, even though we beat Mount St. Mary's by 31, it was actually the last time the Mountaineers have reached the NCAA tournament was that season. Okay. So now we see them again. And you know what else is nice about this game? What? It kind of goes full circle. Josh Hart was just a freshman in that game, baby-faced freshman, who put up a double-double in his second collegiate game. He racked up 17 points, 11 rebounds against the Mountaineers. And now here he is, kicking off his NCAA tournament as a senior against the Mountaineers.
0: That's an interesting piece of information, my friend. Glad you brought that up. I had no idea he had a double-double that game. I hope that full circle doesn't end, so to speak. I mean, you kind of hope that he keeps going. I mean, I guess it has come full circle, but like, you you don't want it to like end. (laughs) Like, oh, his career starts and ends with Mount Saint Mary's. That that would be absolutely horrific.
1: You're right. You're right. Maybe full circle (laughs) is not exactly the exact language you want to use here.
0: But that is a that is a good point. And I think you were telling me before that there's a hidden storyline to this. I I feel like you'd like to elaborate on that.
1: Yeah, it also has to do with heart. Uh, Mount St. Mary's is one of the local colleges from where he's from in Silver Spring, Maryland. And he actually knows the coach pretty well. Like AAU or just just from being in the area for so long? It's probably a combination of both. Oh, okay. He didn't really specify too much in press in the press section.
0: That makes sense.
1: I've done, I think the last 48 hours three different previews on this game for three different sites so i've i've seen all the storylines i've seen i've seen all the numbers
0: all right i mean they were 16 seed for a reason they play playing in the northeastern conference the neck as we like to call it you know it's got the likes of Fairley dickinson in in that conference so i mean they're not they don't really have that much competition i mean not to mention they are your typical cupcake game that you usually play in the beginning of the year. And they're able to build up a strong non-conference schedule from it. But they're always that team that you just see on your favorite team schedule beginning of the year as their cupcake.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what they were. Their non conference schedule, they they were like a punching bag to the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> they start they started the season two and eleven in the non conference late. They limp into the neck conference play. And they mm-hmm. actually go 14-4 and four in the regular season, run through the conference tournament, and here we are today. They're the conference champs. So I guess yeah. all those bumps and bruises serves for something. Yeah, I
0: guess non-conference, playing a tough non-conference schedule actually helps you, no matter if you're, if you're the cupcake part of it or if you're two top-end teams going up against each other in some preseason tournament.
1: Now, as everyone should know by now, because I feel like it's something that's said at nauseum around mm-hmm. this time of year. A number one seed has never lost to a number 16 seed ever in the history of the NCAA tournament. And to further reinforce that, Ken Palm has Villanova as a 22-point favorite to win and a 98% (gasps) chance to advance.
0: Okay. I like that, obviously. (laughs) I I feel like it would be higher, but uh, that's all right. That's okay. I mean, you got to leave a little bit of room because it's a neutral court, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah. American University actually had... Worst chances. Oh. <laughs> Villanova actually had a ninety nine point one percent chance to to win against them. God, I forgot we played them this year. Jeez. Yeah, yeah it's that's one funny. of those forgotten facts.
0: I mean, Mount St. Mary's didn't look bad against New Orleans the other night. They they were pretty good. It was a good game, but like it, you felt that like New Orleans was kind of you know beating them around up inside. But I mean, they, Mount St. Mary's the main guy for them is their guard. It's it's Junior Robinson, five five. I'm taller than him. That's absurd. I'm not taller than anyone. I never thought I would ever say that. He's, he's like Muggsy Bogues. And, and for anyone who doesn't know what that is, he was in Space Jam. So he, he, Junior Robinson, he looks like Nate Robinson out there too for a more recent example, just dribbling around, like through people's legs,
1: hacking up shots.
0: He's pretty good. But if if we struggle against the five five guard, I, I think we have some bigger issues.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen a lot more tougher competition than a five-five guy who weighs 165 pounds. You mentioned Muggsy Bogues. Spud Webb is another name that they're out there. Yes. These guys, if you're not familiar with Bogues or Spud Webb, they were some of the shortest ballers to ever hang tough in the NBA. They were able to hold their own somehow. Yeah. So Robinson, you know, he's he's pretty good. He's been gaining all the attention – with good reason. I mean, you know, it's not every day you see a 5-5 guy playing D1 basketball, let alone leading his team to victory with a 23-point performance in the first four game against New Orleans going into this bout against Villanova. Robinson's pretty good. He's a quick guy. He's agile. He's got a pretty sweet floater. He can't dunk like Spud Webb. But, you know, he gets the job done, and he can also he also has a pretty good eye. He, while he drives in, he either kicks out to the open man at the perimeter. And he's also unafraid to take some contact. the small guy isn't soft by any means,
0: yeah, I feel like that's a common theme amongst small guards they They go to the rim pretty uh, with the best of them pretty easily
1: exactly like he you know he's just not afraid to go inside whether he needs to finesse it with a floater or if he just needs to go hard with it and draw the foul, he'll do it, but it's far from a one man show, also keep an eye out for Elijah long he's another special guard. He's a sophomore. He does everything for the team. He's a great scorer. He's got a team high 15.1 points per game. He's a solid rebounder as a guard. and He also dishes out 4.4 assists per game, but he's also really tough on the defensive end. Keep an eye out for him. Him and Robinson are a great one-two punch.
0: It's funny you brought up the fact that that we're playing a team with a good backcourt duo that we always seem to run into one. Not that Mount Saint Marys is gonna instill fear into us like Cat Barber and Trevor Lacey did, or Shabazz Napier and
1: uh, what was his name? Cartwright. What was Cartwright's first name? I forget. Kyron right. Cartwright. Oh, Kyron Cartwright Oh, I thought you met the guy on a uh, on the UConn boat, right?
0: No, no, no. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, Boatwright? Oh, Boatwright, that's who it was. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Boatwright. Yeah, Cardwright is on Providence. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. sorry. So you had
0: Napier and uh, Boatwright. We always seem to run into one. I mean, it's still possible we'll probably run into one down the road, but it's just funny how we are leading off with a tough card duo.
1: Yeah, and another thing that's interesting, this might be a game where, you know, we talk about Villanova being undersized or not having enough depth. That might be a little bit bigger than the Mountaineers. Their tallest oh, guys good. who get key minutes are 6'8, six, 6'9, six, and, and everyone else is 6'6 six, six or shorter in their key rotation.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That sounds like UNC Asheville last year. We were actually taller than them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And because of this, we're probably, honestly, we're probably breaking down a 16 seed a little longer than we need to. All right. But all of this is looking very favorable for the Wildcats. The uh, Mountaineers are very turnover prone. They hate going against teams that have a press. You saw it in the first game of the season. They played West Virginia and they got absolutely cooked by Bob Huggins' one, three1 press. They just yeah. they just looked lost.
0: Yeah, Press Virginia, as they uh, call them, down there. I mean yeah, but like you said, they're very turnover prone. Junior Robinson, he's I mean, he's one of those guys that if he, he'll put up the points, he'll put up the numbers, but he's also going to turn the ball over a lot, I mean just because it's in his hands the whole time. So I mean, if you can get them, if you can get him cornered. And I think Villanova will initiate the press early on. I, I feel like
1: that they should run away with this pretty easily. I think Vegas has them as a twenty-six point favorite, so, so they should be okay.
0: I think I'm gonna take. I'm I'm gonna lay the points there. <laughs> I would take the. Po- I would not take the points.
1: Yeah, I I know. You know, they they can probably take it easy, call the dogs off in garbage time, and then before you know it.
0: Oh, true. You got to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what makes those spreads so tricky. (sighs) That's why you can't really touch like early tournament games like that. It's just, it's just impossible to call.
1: Yeah. You get the giant spread, which sounds great on paper and it looks great when the starters are doing it. But then before you know, you have like third stringers in Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: all of a sudden some guy off the bench who's playing the last game of his career just goes off. (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. Knowing my luck, poor Denny Grace will have a wide open shot as they're up by 27. He'll take it, and I'm like, "Yes, Denny, please make make a basket." And then he'll miss, and then and then they'll go the other Mount will go the other way for an easy layup, and then I lose because they only that won one by 25. <laughs> Benchmop does not condone uh, any betting, or or do we endorse it? Do we have to lay that disclaimer in there?
1: I I think I think people do. I think the people. Oh, okay. Okay. Done. It's okay. a family friendly, oh, right, established. Right.
0: Yeah, so, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you got you got many other podcasts for the whole betting thing. This is, don't come here for it.
1: Tip off will be at seven ten tonight. Are you going to be watching? Of course,
0: of yeah. course.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I, I try to tell myself like, oh, you know, it's a sixteen seed. Like, it's one. No, of no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. You
1: don't actually have to watch, and it's like, no, no, no. It's a seven <laughs> ten game. It's prime time. Like, I remember one year, they had the game at like nine fifty. This is just perfect seven mm. ten, perfect. You get out of work, you situate, yep. you eat some dinner, you situate yourself, and you watch the game. Fantastic. Right
0: there. Yes. That nine fifty game was against UW Milwaukee, our sophomore year. That was bad. That was
1: real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the wow. game it was. Yes, very late. So game's not that concerning, but it's the one after that, that can be a little concerning. Probably more mm-hmm. so just because we've been traumatized. We've been traumatized in recent years. When it comes to around to the round of 32, even just saying mm-hmm. that just kind of makes me sick.
0: Yeah, it gives me the heebie jeebies.
1: So, when Villanova advances, because they should, because a 16 seed has never been a one seed, mm-hmm. they will take on Wisconsin, the eight seed, or the number 9 seed, Virginia Tech, out of the ACC. Chris, which one of these is most, con- you know, which one are you most concerned for?
0: Yeah, I talked about it a lot in the last podcast. Last episode, I mean, Wisconsin's got to be the one that concerns you the most. 25-9, and nine, but I, I I personally, I feel like they're better than what their records show. Some of their notable wins this year, they beat Marquette, which is a budding rivalry over there, at least on Marquette's end. They beat Minnesota twice, who was a five seed, and Maryland, who's a six seed. They did lose to some sketchy teams. I mean, Ohio State, not the best loss, but, I mean, you lost two or three to Michigan, one in the Big Ten uh, Championship. Northwestern, who's a ninth, uh, eight seed, Michigan State's a ninth seed, Purdue, UNC, and they even most to Creighton. I didn't even realize they played Creighton before going into this, this podcast here. They ended the regular season losing 5 of 7. So they're not a hot team, which is what everyone, all the talking heads look for. They always look for the hot team. Like just look at Duke, Vermont. They won like 20-something games, and I hear some people hyping them up. It's teams like that that usually get hyped in the tournament. Probably why Wisconsin has gone under the radar, and I think the biggest thing is they have the experience. They've been to the Sweet 16 each of the last three years and five of the last six. So they're quiet, like they're quietly making small runs in these tournaments. I mean, they had Bo Ryan before leaving that squad, so they they were they've had some good teams with Kaminsky. I mean, they were in the finals just two years ago. They they had the experience, and along the way, Bronson canning He was on some of those teams. He's I'd say personally, I think he's the star player for Wisconsin, averaging fourteen point one points per game, shooting forty one point six percent from the field, uh, just under ninety percent from the free throw line so uh, let's let's not foul him and thirty eight point seven percent from three so he he's a big shot taker and he's a big shot maker. Just ask Xavier how they feel about him over in Cincinnati. Nigel Hayes, senior, averaging 13.5 points per game, 6.5 boards per game, and he's shooting a cool 45%. I mean, his numbers have dropped a bit, but as a senior forward, I mean, you're going to kind of spread the ball around more. So, I mean, he's, he's not scoring as much, but his shooting rate has gone up higher. I feel like he's kind of like Dante Cunningham in that sense. And lastly, for Wisconsin as a key player, Ethan Happ. I made mention of him before on last episode that he was a Wooden Player of the Year candidate. I misspoke a little bit. He was a Wooden Year player candidate. He has now fallen off that list mainly because of Wisconsin's struggles. But right now, he's averaging just under 14 points per game, nine boards per game. And he's averaging 58.2% from the field. And that's because he's 6'10 and he's up forward. He's, he's, he's pretty good inside. Might want to defend him. And he's a solid defender, too. He's averaging just over a block per game, which I know doesn't sound big. But, I mean, block for blocks, that's pretty good. And he's averaging just under two steals per game. So he, he's a long, lengthy guy who can get his hands on the ball, kind of like Mikael Bridges. But... If there is a guy to foul, let's play Hackahap. He, uh, he's not that good from the free throw line. He's actually averaging exactly 50%.
1: Yeah, I do like Ethan Hap. I think he's very talented. Nigel Hayes, to me, I, I feel like he's a little overrated, but I'm not going to say that uh, too hard. Really? On wax. I don't want, I, I don't want that. I feel like up. he's underrated.
0: Maybe he's so underrated he's overrated.
1: Yeah, you know, in a way he is just because I feel like he got a lot of buzz after his sophomore, junior year. But now he's kind of the third option behind Hap and uh, Bronson Koenig. So I feel like like myself included have fallen in the, I think he's slightly overrated conversation, just because he's no longer as prominent as he used to be in that offense. But he's no doubt. He's he's still very good. I mean, he's 6'8". This is a pretty big team with size. As we know, Villanova and size do not mix. They mix like oil and water. Mm -hmm. It makes like two pace and OJ Wisconsin also runs a very slow tempo. They like to prize. possession, And they're also very good defensively ranking within the top 10 on defensive efficiency. According to Ken Palm, they're also a great rebounding team. They're going to limit second chance opportunities. So for Villanova, you're definitely going to want to shoot the ball. Well, take care of the ball, but also limit what they do on offense.
0: Yes, absolutely. They're kind of like Virginia in that sense where they, uh, Pride themselves on defense and slow the tempo down, but they're just not as efficient or as effective as doing it. But, I mean, at least on the offensive and defensively, they're great. Yeah, they, they played that barn burner last year in the first round against Pitt where it was, like, I think the game was in the 30s going into the final minute. And I think Wisconsin ended up winning, like, 40-something, like, high 40s, low, low 40s. So, yeah, it's going to be – they're going to try to push for a low-scoring affair just to keep it close in that regard i uh, said it a bunch of times last episode they scare the crap out of me they really do this team shouldn't have been any lower than a six seed they should have been middling with in the gonzaga region as like a five or a four yeah maybe a four is a bit of a stretch but at least a five they shouldn't have been an eight and this is just the blatant use of <laughs> of power abuse of, of power by the committee just to give us some issues just to prove it I mean, I welcome the challenge if they do beat Virginia Tech, but uh, oh, we'll have to see first. Virginia Tech's very capable of beating Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, Virginia Tech is also another one of those middle-of-the-pack ACC teams. They got some big wins along with some embarrassing losses to go along with it. They're 22-10 and 10 going into the tournament. They've beaten Duke before. They split the series with UVA. They've beaten Clemson. They've also lost to Notre Dame. They've also got blown out by UNC. They've also lost Florida State, some other tournament teams out there. Interestingly, and this was something I, I kind of forgot until I researched this team a little bit, Buzz Williams. I forgot that when he left Marquette that he went to VTech.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was the big thing. He, he, he went there just to revive that program, and I guess I guess he has. Them. I mean, they're back in the tournament.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marquette's back into the tournament for the first time since he left, and now VTech's back. For the first time since he got there,
0: yeah. Per- wow, perfect, perfect, uh, perfect timing, and they're both in the same region. How funny!
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they're both in the East.
0: Yeah, they can meet in the uh, first ever nine versus ten matchup in the Elite Eight. <laughs> we'll see you there.
1: Yeah, Buzz Williams. Last time he was in the tournament, he brought Marquette. un unlikely, Elite Eight run. I don't know about you. I felt like they they lasted a little longer than anyone thought they would.
0: Yeah, they did. And then they ended up losing to Syracuse, uh, who was in their last year at the Big East at that time. So that was like a swan song for the Big East tournament wise. I <laughs> mean, and that game was like low scoring, too. I, that year, Marquette, like, I think Marquette was like the epitome of slow it down, don't do anything, <laughs> let's play defense. Because I, I feel like every game they played was in the 50s. And that's the Buzz Williams style of play. And I, I think they've kind of changed it at Virginia Tech,
1: though. <laughs> yeah, they, they have a lot. Virginia Tech actually ranks amongst the top 25 in offensive efficiency, according to Mr. Ken Pomeroy. Love Ken Pom, by the way. Ken Pom's stats, ever since I've opened the door into this realm, has just like expanded my universe of college basketball.
0: Yeah, he's been great this, uh, this entire uh, podcast season.
1: Virginia Tech is actually, you know, when we had the luxury of having Buzz Williams that last year, he was at Marquette, they were a big man team. They had Devontae Garner, Chris Atuley very big man oriented didn't really have guards this time around it's the guard play the guard play, the guard play, the guard play Virginia Tech actually ranks amongst top ten in an effective field goal percentage and also three point shooting percentage. You're actually one of the best three point shooting teams in the country clocking in at just over forty percent from the line as a team
0: so yeah that I mean obviously forty percent from deep that that's obviously pretty good it's killer. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that matches up with Wisconsin's defense. I mean, I'm going, to, I'm going to be pretty interested in this game. I'm going to have my eyes glued to the TV watching this, at least for as long as I can stay up, because it is a pretty late game. It's on right after hours. Get a little bit of a, little bit of a scouting report in, in terms of three-point shooting. I guess Seth Allen would be their guy, right? Averaging 13.5 points per game, uh, shooting 54% from the field, and 45% from deep.
1: Yeah, Allen's, Allen's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I guess he's their big boy, a resident big boy, along with Zach six seven senior forward. And he's leading the team with uh, 16.3 points per game and is uh, averaging 7.5 boards.
1: He's great. He's another kind of big guy that thrives in Buzz Williams' system. Also, keep an eye out for Ahmed Hill and Justin Robinson. They're a pair of sophomores who have just been playing very well this year. They're both averaging just over 10 points per game. They've got a similar play style in each other that they both like to attack the basket, but Hill prefers to shoot a little more threes than Robinson does. But they could both take and make the three occasionally if the Mm -hmm. opportunity presents itself. Another thing, too, is that Virginia Tech, as good as they are offensively, they're not that good defensively. I mean, you'll see that a lot of their games have been high scoring. So, you know, this is one thing to watch out for. You slow them down on offense. While you get, you know, while you yourself gets going, and I'm pretty sure you'll have a pretty good day, but this is a team that, according to Ken Palm, is below average, subpar defensively, in terms of all almost all categories.
0: Yeah, that's shocking because Buzz Williams was like a real big defensive guy at Marquette. I, I'm shocked that like his system has like completely flipped on its head at at this school.
1: Yes, yeah. yeah, I know, right? Like I felt like whenever we played Marquette, it was always like a tough one.
0: Yeah, it was. It was there was your typical grind it out type game. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the type of free flowing offense they're playing under Wojo right now.
1: Yeah, it was yeah, it wasn't the run and gun style.
0: Yeah. yeah, Kate and Reinhardt. Oh yeah, sure. You can have 10 threes a game. Go ahead. I won't say anything.
1: Don't <laughs> no, worry. If we'll you didn't easily play... get 10 more possessions.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like the Loyola Marymount system where they literally it was 10 seconds or less.
1: <laughs> So, who do you have advancing in this game, going to play the Wildcats on Saturday?
0: I, I got to give it to Wisconsin here. I gotta. I mean, like, like we, like you said before, like Virginia Tech, they can, they can beat, they can beat a team like Wisconsin, but they can also lose like badly, just as easily, like because they're just so volatile. I mean, I feel like Wisconsin's a little bit more steady in that respect. So, I, I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I just feel like they're just. That a little just better. They're just a better team, I feel like. And I, we will see them on Saturday. Man, is that going to be a fun one? Can't wait for my timeline of Packer players rooting for Wisconsin against my school. It's going to be a very conflicting day. What, what, what about yourself? Who you got in this one?
1: I have Wisconsin, but I would prefer that Villanova sees Virginia Tech. I mean, oh, I feel yeah. like the way that Wildcats match up against the Hokies it just plays perfectly right into them. Perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way the Badgers are with their size, with the combination of size and you have a talent like Bronson Koenig, who's just so clutch and ha- and they all have that postseason experience. They know what it takes to get those grinded out games, even when they're either the top dog or the underdog. So that'll be interesting to see. I do think though, we'll see Wisconsin on Saturday and we'll be talking about them on Tuesday. Whew
0: man i hope we're talking about it on tuesday i don't want this to be the last preview we ever do
1: <laughs> yeah i look i i know that a lot of people have us going to the final four even the national championship even repeating but i'm not going to lie and i don't i think no villanova fan can lie in that Come on, like, you got to hold your breath a little bit when you get to this round. Like, you got to cross your fingers a little bit. Like, there's no way you, you're you confidently like, oh, yeah, everything's going to be okay. Like, they, there has to be a little right. part of you that's a little scared just because <laughs> of what's happened in the past.
0: I mean, it's – yeah, exactly. It's certainly gotten to me, especially, like, this week. I was thinking, like, they're in Big East tournament week. I was like, ah, it's all right. Round 32, who cares? Like, we'll get to the 16, no problem. And then the brackets come out, and then you start to think of – you start playing through all the scenarios in your head again. And, like, yeah, everyone's like, oh, well, we won the championship last year, so obviously we expelled those round of 32 demons. Well, I just want to do it one more time just just to make sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, you can't go wrong with a few extra reps. Right, exactly. Once again, Wildcats will take on the Mountaineers of Mount St. Mary's tonight at 7, 10 p.m. Winter advances to play on Saturday in the round of 32. The Wisconsin-Virginia Tech game will be on right after that in the nightcap. So hopefully you all get to stay up late for that because you'll you'll definitely want a little scouting for Saturday.
0: Yeah, Yeah. just to brace yourself.
1: So before we sign off, we actually have to – talk about another team that's going to be playing as some postseason action. We've got a little more information now on the women's basketball team and their NIT journey. They will be taking on Princeton to start, and they're going to start on the road over in New Jersey. Chris, have you ever been to Princeton?
0: I have, actually, yes. I went on a... Uh, I don't know what it was. it was. like some leadership thing that I went on in eighth grade. They like selected two kids from my school, and I was... So fortunate enough to be one of them, and that was the only time I was in Princeton, and I think it was held on the campus actually.
1: On a scale it. from one to ten, how fun was that trip?
0: Uh, I'd I'd say about a three. <laughs> the only me- good, good memory I have of that was uh, Matt Ryan of when he was at Boston College. Whatever game he was playing that that like weekend, he absolutely torched everyone, and it was just great. <laughs> And I was just like, "Oh, this is cool! I get to watch Matt Ryan." Like, not that I couldn't do that at home, but like whoever <laughs> I was rooming with was like a big Boston College fan or something, and I was like, "Oh, this is great! I like, I love it! Like, Matt Ryan's going to be a great quarterback, and now here we are, and he's like about like three years away to retire." And I was watching him, and it's senior year in college.
1: That that's pretty good. That's hilarious. I remember getting those. Uh, I don't even know what you call. It. Yeah, I guess leadership camps or like program yeah. things are a good way to call it. We were getting, like, ads for that or brochures for that all the time in the mail in the middle school.
0: Oh, well, at least they didn't come into your classroom and pull you out of class and, like, yeah, you're going on this trip. I'm oh, like, wow.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, thanks, I guess. Appreciate it. <laughs>
1: yeah, at least I had the option to throw it right in the trash.
0: <laughs> that was funny. That's funny. Oh, also, also another memory from that game, from that weekend. That was the year the Patriots were going undefeated, And I don't know if you remember, but they had to play the Colts, who were also undefeated at the time. And it was that weekend. And I was like, I was afraid I was going to miss that game. And the Packers were actually good that year, too. And I was afraid I was going to miss whatever game they were playing. I don't know. They might have been on a bye. I don't remember. But whatever it was, I was not happy that I was missing football. Because I think the, like, ceremony, like the graduation ceremony, was that Sunday. And I was like, no, I'm not dealing with this. I want to go home and watch football.
1: I totally remember that game. I remember that game in middle school. I don't know. I think it actually came a day after we had just won a middle school football game. And so we had the day off. So I got to enjoy that game uh, right right from home. And it was, it was a thriller. And obviously the Patriots won. Wow, well, lucky you. But anyways, back to some Tigers and Wildcats. Villanova takes on Princeton this weekend to start the WNIT. The Tigers come in with a 16-13 record, not too far off from how the Wildcats did this year. Mm -hmm. Some notable games between the two teams is that Princeton actually got swept by Penn twice in the regular season and then again in the Ivy League title game, the first-ever tournament. They also beat Seton Hall in lopsided fashion. They finished their regular season losing four to the last six games. Some key players to look out for, Bella Allery, She's a freshman, six foot four, which is mountainous, if you ask me mountainous <laughs> yes she she's a guard, she can also play the forward position, very versatile she's scoring just over twelve points per game, grabbing just under eight rebounds per game. she does almost everything for the tigers she can shoot, she can score, she can block shots, she can hack them up from deep she can Take it inside if you need her to. She's fantastic. She's from Maryland. She's enjoyed a great freshman season. It's only scary to see what she'll be doing as her career progresses. But also keep an eye out for Leslie Robinson, a six-foot forward, a junior, interior player, averaging just about 10 points per game and 7.5 rebounds per game. And then there's Gabrielle Rush, who, Chris, what do shooters do?
0: Uh, shoot, 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 shoot,
1: shooters do shoot, and she is the epitome of shooter shoot. 142 of her 185 shots of the season have come from deep, kind of Ethan oh. Raggy, but not as bad. <laughs> yeah, up- that, that,
0: yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty bad though.
1: Yeah, yeah, but Ethan Raggy was, yeah, oh, was 100%. Like four shots <laughs> <laughs> from inside the arc, and that was probably because his foot was on the line.
0: oh man i wish someone actually did some research into that that would be
1: pretty interesting she comes off the bench and she's a bench weapon she's knocking down just about 35 percent of her shots from beyond the arc chris as you head into this matchup against princeton what are some things that stand out to you and how do you think the wildcats will fare against the tigers
0: well just just doing some research for this game princeton is a pretty solid rebounding team they are out-rebounding opponents by an average margin of, uh, of six of six per game. I mean, that, that's a pretty steep margin. I, I think it's mainly because of uh, Bella O'Leary. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. Just You just read off her stats, what she's able to do. And this stat right here should be particularly concerning for Villanova. Princeton holds their opponents to... 28% from beyond the three-point line. That's not good for Villanova, considering they it's how, pretty much how they score. That that's the only way how they score. So I mean if you're gonna I, I'm sure they're gonna game plan differently. I'm sure they're gonna try and attack the basket, but I have a feeling they're gonna just go back or whatever whatever got them here, just keep shooting the threes and just hope they fall. But if Prince's defense is what it is, like, as it was during the season, they're going to be in some deep trouble. You're not going to win shooting 28% from deep when you can't get to the line, you don't shoot inside the arc at all. So, I mean, if Harry Pareto wants to change up the game plan, I guess that's his way to do it. This is how they're going to beat him. That being said, I'm not... I'm going to give this game to Princeton, actually, because it is at Princeton. To me, honestly, they're so evenly matched Talent-wise, I think that's the deciding factor in this.
1: I think for Villanova, the key will definitely be trying to minimize Princeton from getting off to a big rebounding margin. We've seen them struggle on the boards before, especially against teams that are very good at cleaning up the glass. You definitely don't want to give up second-chance opportunities, offensive rebounds. Very key to really try to rebound as a team. But we've seen them struggle all season long, so I don't know if they're going to win that battle. So they're going to have to be sure to be smart with their shots, hopefully take it inside, get to the foul line. Maybe you'll open up the three-point line later, or maybe you'll be hot to begin with right out of the gate. But the rebounding battle is definitely a key thing to get. I don't know how they're going to match up against six-foot-four Bella Allery. She's really good. So definitely, you know, it, it started and it. You know, it begins and ends with the freshman, guard, forward, whatever you want to call it. She play anywhere on the floor. So those are their keys to winning. I don't know if they're going to be Princeton, though. Like you said, the the home court advantage to the Tigers is probably what breaks this tie of sorts. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: We've seen Villanova play tough, especially in that six-game run that they were on. Looks like that they've cooled off a little bit. But they who knows? Maybe they can pull off the win. I just don't see it just. Just based on how well Princeton rebounds as a team, and we've seen Villanova struggle against those kinds of teams throughout the season. Right. Right. Yeah,
0: I feel like Princeton's two biggest strengths play right up to Villanova's two biggest weaknesses, the rebounding, as you said, and the ability to have a poor night from from three-point land. And if Princeton's able to hold true to that, I think they should win pretty easily. And if they don't, I think Villanova will give them a game, and I think Villanova might be able to squeak it out. So. But like he's like we both said, home court. I think that's what it does, isn't
1: it? We'll certainly keep an eye out for them, the Lady Cats and the men's team. This is a pretty big weekend for the both basketball teams, heading into deeper into March. I'm a little nervous and excited and overjoyed all at the same time. I can't wait to get out of the office later today, plop myself in front of the TV, watch some games. I'll be, you know, don't tell my boss or anything, but I'll be streaming a few on my phone at the office. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it's finally here. It's finally here. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I, God, I know it's only a few hours away, but you know, I'll probably look at my brackets one last time before I submit them. And you know, away we go.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's this. It's great to just be back with this ncaa tournament stuff it's just wonderful it really is and it's just crazy and i don't mean to get too sentimental here but it's pretty crazy to think it's it's been a year since i woke up on a friday morning thinking oh well when i was playing unc asheville time time to get ready for the sweet 16 Elite eight run Uh, no big deal (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can't believe it's been a year i really can't
1: Like I said, if anyone asks me, I will defer to answer the question how far they will go. We'll continue to defer until a point comes where I fully embody to an answer. (laughs) But anyways, you know, catch my preview of the Mount St. Mary's game on viewbenchmob.com right now. Keep an eye out for us all throughout the weekend. Matt Fowler will be repping us up in Buffalo. He made the six-hour trek from Pennsylvania to Buffalo to cover the Wildcats for viewbenchmob.com. He'll be at the Key Bank Center all weekend long. So keep an eye out for his content, stories, whatever comes out from the booming city of Buffalo. In the meantime, thank you again for listening to the State of the Nova Nation podcast and for subscribing on iTunes or on Podomatic. Also, please follow us on the Twitter sphere at viewbenchmob, or you can follow me, Eugene Ropay, at eRopay5.
0: And you can follow me, Christian Dial, at the Stance Man on Twitter. I'm sure I'll be kvetching about both games this weekend.
1: Nova Nation, enjoy the hoops, enjoy the weekend, and enjoy this for one more time. Three seconds to go across the timeline. Two seconds to go. Jenkins three, right wing to win it. He made
0: it. He made the three for the. Run. Later, Villanova is the king of college basketball once again. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.